The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. So I'm going to pick up on last week's episode, uh, which is going through some what-if scenarios and applying them to chronic stress monitoring and other recurring concepts and themes in this podcast and uh, the various options and the rationale for different courses of action. So I'll spare you going over what perfect stress and and chronic stress monitoring is. I did that last time. Uh, But if you haven't yet listened to last week's episode, Decisions, 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 that's probably a good place to start because I give a, a good recap of the whole perfect stress concept. And of course, if you've never listened to the very first episode, What is Perfect Stress?, I think that would be very helpful as well. So let's jump right in and explore some scenarios and what the best course of action might be. So last time I went through one dilemma where it was basically a choice between pushing through a tedious job or getting to bed on time. And um, another dilemma was uh, trading nutrition for more sleep. This time, let's say it's exercise versus sleep, and this happens all the time. So picture a single mother who works full-time and takes online classes after work to advance her career. We'll call her Mary. Mary's got a lot on her plate, but she's determined. And let's say Mary is one of an estimated two-thirds of adults in the United States who are sleep-deprived. Oh, and one more thing, Mary has mild to moderate ulcerative colitis, which happens to be in remission right now. Okay, so one day, the workplace wellness program where Mary works is running a group weight loss challenge, okay? And a group of coworkers asks Mary if she would like to be part of their team. Now, Mary wants to exercise. She knows it's good for her health. She feels good when she does it. And she thinks this could be an excellent opportunity to kind of jumpstart this new healthy habit of exercising. After all, that's kind of what this type of challenge is designed to do, right? Help you kind of get in the habit if you aren't already. And the only reason Mary doesn't exercise regularly now is because whenever she tried to do it, it always turns out she, she has a hard time fitting it into her daily routine. But motivation is not the issue. Mary feels that if she does this group challenge thing, she'll probably end up waking up an hour earlier, uh, just to be realistic, in order to get her workouts in, even though she knows that she's already somewhat sleep deprived, as I mentioned. Um, So what should Mary do? Should she join the team and work out, not worry about how it's going to fit into her schedule or play it safe and decline the invitation? The way I see it, Best case scenario, Mary ends up making pretty good progress on her workouts and diet. And as a result, she she meets her weight loss goal and helps her team win the challenge. Woohoo! Awesome. Now, on the flip side, if Mary ends up waking up an hour earlier, this could be a double whammy. I've talked about this before. 
um, but for Mary's stress level, because not only is she sacrificing sleep when she can least afford to, but she's actually expending even more energy now by exercising. It would be a little different, in my opinion, if she woke up early and watched TV in bed for an hour. But no, she's putting physical stress on her body by exercising. So her chronic stress level is actually going up, despite the fact that they say exercise can relieve stress. I know, it's all very confusing. Now, if her chronic stress level reaches a certain point, it could trigger her colitis. So in this scenario, that would not be a good trade-off to me. That would not be a risk worth taking to me. Mary would be better off, in my opinion, to decline the invitation, even though that's not great either. But to me, she's doing more harm than good by sacrificing sleep when she's already sleep deprived. Looking at this scenario from a broader perspective, what Mary would be doing is simply not sustainable. She might last through the group challenge and she may lose the weight, but chances are she won't be able to stick to her new routine over the long run because it's just too hard and it increases her chances of flaring up, which if that happens would affect everything, not just her ability to work out, but her ability to focus on her day job, her online classes, not to mention her responsibilities as a mother. All things, by the way, that motivate her to work harder in the first place, ironically. So it becomes this vicious cycle because her desire to achieve her goals is still there. It's part of who she is. We call it intrinsic motivation. And you can't change that any more than you can make yourself taller. So when you're down and you need to rest and get treatment, okay, but you're going to you're, you're going to come back with even more of a sense of urgency because you're anxious now that you're that you're behind on your goals or you think you're behind on your goals and you'll work even harder to achieve them which is an admirable quality for sure but in turn will surely lead to another flare so this is actually a great example of how reactive stress management is the best starting place for someone like Mary. And then over time, she can do the sustainability planning uh, that I went over in episodes 9 and 10, Beyond Chronic Stress Monitoring, which, by the way, I need to reboot those episodes because I have a lot more to add and, um, and a much better way to kind of tie everything together. So this really gets to the heart of the matter, which is that there are some who believe that you can overthink this, that if you just do the quote-unquote right thing, in this case, just get off your butt and exercise and don't make excuses, then everything else will just fall into place. You'll naturally lose interest in the least important things that you were doing up to that point, essentially making time for the new activity. And that does happen for some folks, no question about it. But more times than not, at least with me, but many others as well, if you don't consciously plan for what you're going to give up time-wise in order to make room for the new activity, nine times out of 10, it's your sleep that ends up taking the hit, either waking up early or going to bed later or both. So this is where the sustainability planning comes in handy. It's a bridge to get from reactive to proactive. First, assessing your current lifestyle in terms of sustainability, using the sustainability matrix, then doing a task inventory, and finally, a trade-off plan. Which sounds like a lot, but it's not. I mean, it could be something you do in 30 minutes or less. Some people may take longer. And it's not something you have to do all in one sitting either. 
You could just chip away at it whenever you have a few minutes. But you're consciously walking through what you do each day, each week, each month, and looking for low-hanging fruit, things that used to make sense to be part of your routine, but not so much anymore, things you could do more efficiently, opportunities to outsource things, so that you have a real plan to actually incorporate exercise and other proactive measures into your routine in a sustainable way for the long term, a true lifestyle change. Anyway, uh, let's move on to another dilemma that a lot of people face. Um, Let's say Joe also has ulcerative colitis, and he knows that stress can trigger his UC symptoms. And by the way, as sure as the sky is blue, patients will over time figure out for themselves whether stress is a main trigger for them or not, like I did. You don't need a nap for that. Um, And that goes for any stress-related issue, not just ulcerative colitis. In fact, stress is one of the most common topics that come up in online support groups, at least the ones that I belong to. So Joe knows that stress can trigger his UC symptoms. And his cumulative stress level has been, unfortunately, steadily increasing due to a number of factors, including his day job, getting a little busier right now uh, due to a big project he's working on, and just some other kind of infrequent things that he's had to attend to that just so happened to converge around the same time, but he has no control over that. And now his stress level is approaching his threshold number. So he knows he should slow down a bit if he knows what's good for him. But there's a trip coming up that was planned a while ago. And I'm going to twist the knife a little bit here and say it's not just any event, but it's a family event out of town coming up in the next few days. So if Joe just sucks it up and goes, he'll probably start having those familiar abdominal pains at some point uh, that are associated with UC. It probably won't be too bad in the beginning, pretty tolerable, but ignoring it usually doesn't work. And take it from me, it's not the kind of pain you could just sit there with a straight face in public once it gets past that initial phase. You might not be keeling over, but it's more painful than just regular cramping that we all get from time to time. And the longer you wait for treatment, the harder the flare is to control. It's not like you could just take pills and it goes away quickly uh, or get acupuncture and you're walking out in remission after one treatment. So if Joe does end up flaring up, whatever treatment he ends up doing, it's still going to require rest and probably a couple weeks to get fully in remission if he's lucky. And traveling isn't exactly the most relaxing thing to do either. You know, logistics and, you know, so that'll probably contribute to his stress level going up. So what should Joe do? Cancel or go? Well, this is an especially difficult situation to deal with, which is why I brought it up. Um, On the one hand, Joe wants to take care of himself, right? And not flare up. I mean, he's been there. It's not fun. On the other hand, You know, he's been looking forward to this event and also doesn't want to disappoint anyone. In fact, this could be a catch-22 in that canceling on short notice could put Joe on the defensive of having to explain himself, the guilt trips that are coming his way and everything, which ironically can add more stress to his life, push his stress over the edge, and he ends up flaring up anyway. And this could be especially true with so-called invisible diseases because you look fine on the outside. 
the bottom line is that there's no right or wrong answer here. There's no right or wrong answer with any of these dilemmas. Um, some people feel that, you know, short of an emergency of some kind, it makes no sense to knowingly put yourself at higher risk. While others believe that if the event is important enough to them and something they wouldn't want to miss for anything, then it's worth the risk of additional suffering or treatment costs, being inconvenienced, whatever, um, should you get sick. Um, and I would estimate, based on what I've seen in support groups, around half the people would cancel and half would go. But just understand that no one can expect you to be perfect. And the people who truly care about you will not question your motives should you decide at the last minute not to attend. Uh, and this is where a coach uh, and or support group can really help. So what do you think about these choices? What would you do or what have you done if, if you were in a similar situation in the past? Uh, please share your experiences if you feel comfortable on the Perfect Stress Facebook page. Or feel free to email me directly anytime at uh, adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Also, if you think of other scenarios, please share those as well. I'd really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try mystressalarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's mystressalarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.